Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Harry Maguire versus Johnny Evans. Oh, Johnny Evans. Harry Evans. Maguire versus Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. Harry Maguire versus Wes Brown. Wes Brown all day. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd care. kick your ass. <laughs> Well, fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jimmy McGinnis in his life. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5. You can text us 53106 for streaming the conversation as well. Listen on News Talk. Watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels for Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Now, this week's Saturday panel is in partnership with Unpust. The Unpust Irish Women and Sports Stamps are championing Ireland's sporting heroes on the International Women's Day, which is this Tuesday. So we're delighted to be able to be joined by Emer Lamb, Chloe Watkins, and Cora Staunton. Emer, Chloe, and Cora. How are you all doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good, all good here. You're in Australia, Cora. <laughs> I am, sure, yeah, in Sydney. Um, what is it here? Half 12 at night, yeah. So, yeah, coming into Sunday morning, surely. So, yeah, nice and late. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a night owl anyway, so that doesn't matter. So, Cora Staunton, four All-Ireland titles, 11 All-Stars. Now you're playing with the Greater Western Sydney Giants and you lost to Richmond today. I don't want to kind of bring that up as the first thing, but you're still playing. You're playing every single week there. Yeah, yeah. So, still playing. Yeah, had a um, close enough defeat today. Um, lost by just a goal and, and a bit, yeah. So, um, yeah, tough game. Body's a bit sore now, all right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a tough enough season, all right, surely for us. But, um, yeah, we've uh, one one game left um, next week. So, looking to finish in a high. We played Geelong um, down in Geelong. So, yeah, looking to finish in a high. And you're dealing with serious floods down there, I believe, Cora. Yeah, we've been lucky enough. It hasn't directly hit here in, in the city of Sydney, but yeah, on the outskirts, certainly, yeah, there's been a lot of devastation. And in um, northern Queensland as well, there's there's been a lot. But yeah, um, we've had a lot of rain, surely, um, in the last kind of 10 days. But um, yeah, things are looking up. It's Today was probably the, the best day. We had very little rain today. So yeah, hopefully that will improve. But yeah, there has been a lot of devastation, but it hasn't fell really into the into the city. A frustrating season, Cora. Is it still a challenge when it's like that mentally with results not going you certainly your way? Are you still loving it down there? Yeah, it's obviously a challenge of, for both the team and individual, I suppose. From an individual point of view, all you can do is, you know, keep trying and, you know, set yourself different targets at the start of the season as a forward. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough. I, I'm, I'm still kicking goals and, and, and doing that. So from that point of view, I, I'd be happy enough with my form. But yeah, it's it's been a challenge, but that's the nature of the game. The biggest challenge, I suppose, is all the games come very quick and fast. You know, we, I think this is our fourth game maybe in, in, in about um, 30, I think it's 12 or 13 days. So yeah, for the body to hold up, because it's a very obviously um, physical game, you know the body does be sore for a couple of days afterwards. So to try and hold it up for for the the condensed nature of the game, um, you know it's tough. But yeah, you know I'm still enjoying it, and you know the performances are going alright. So from, from an individual point of view, collectively, as the team, you know hasn't gone great this year. But you know you'll have you'll have bumps like that. So um, yeah, just hopefully get a win in, in the final game. 
we have a fantastic competition coming your way folks as well so you stay tuned uh, with thanks to Post. get your stamps for this women's uh, booklet to, to celebrate uh, International Women's Day at your local post office or on post.com so Emer, uh, just to refresh the listeners memory you won bronze with the uh, Irish rowers in Tokyo uh, last year um, you're back in the boat are you at the moment are you believe you're down in Cork are you, are you getting ready for Paris yet? Um, I'm actually up in Dublin, but yeah, no, I am back in the boat. I'm training away with Afric up here for this year. And then, yeah, next year will be all guns blazing back into Cork, full-time training again, going to Paris. What's a normal day like for you at the moment? So, a bit different the last couple of years. So at the moment, I'm working, um, I'm working on a graduate program at the moment, kind of trying to be a bit more in the real world, I suppose, and kind of get a bit of a feel to life outside of full-time sport. But I'm getting up early and training before I work, then working nine to five, and then training again in the evening with Afric either on the water in the gym. And how have you found the adjustment uh, since you took home a medal for Ireland at the Olympic Games? We haven't had that many medals in our history, and it was incredible yeah. achievement. Um, yeah, I know it's definitely been a bit of an adjustment. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's really hit home. Kind of the magnitude of it, especially coming back. Yeah, it's it's just been incredible. I think coming out, yeah, like I said, back into the real world and trying to work as well on top of it, definitely a bit of an adjustment change, kind of having to use my brain again <laughs> working. But it's been good. It's been really incredible. Where's the medal? My mom has it. <laughs> she, <laughs> she does not trust me with it. Could you imagine? She has it up in the living room, um, guarded, I'd say, about 24-7. And anytime any neighbour comes in like for anything, just like a cup of tea, she has it out. Brilliant. So I think the whole road is sick of it at this point. <laughs> no, 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 keep doing it, keep doing it. Chloe Watkins, did you did you get a silver medal for the uh, World Cup? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just in the drawer, though, so it's it's nowhere. You don't take it out to look at it, no? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's probably lost its shine a bit now, so... So you won that uh, silver medal, Chloe, with our hockey team in 2018. It was an incredible journey and you got a World Cup again this year. Will that maybe help to kind of ease the disappointment to what happened in Tokyo? Um, yeah, I mean, like qualifying for major tournaments is 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 huge. Um, and it's it's what we really wanted to maintain, I suppose, when we when we qualified for uh, London in 2018. Um and then backing it up and getting to the Olympics, you know, we knew qualifying for another World Cup back to back would be huge um, and really important for the program. So um, it was a huge, it was a huge boost when we did it. And um, you know, it's 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 a big summer ahead. There's there's also then a, a European qualifier in August, so it's quite a packed calendar. Um, so yeah, it's it's an exciting time. Just want to go through this um, before we speak about your own careers. So the theme around International Women's Day on Tuesday is gender equality for a sustainable tomorrow. How is a nation as Ireland doing, folks, when it comes to supporting women's sports? We had the 20 by 20 campaign. We saw last year that the primary achievements in our sport were by women. So Rachel Blackmore, Kelly Harrington, Leona Maguire, the Meath footballers. It seems we're moving away from an era, Cora Staunton, where Irish soccer players change in toilets or ladies Gaelic football players lack basic expenses or rugby players would have to write to the government only recently. How are we doing as a nation when it comes to the equality piece around women in sport, in your view? Yeah, I, th I think things are certainly getting better, um, but I don't think we can ever rest in our laurels and think, you know, the work is done. Um, you know, I only can speak from my point of view, but yeah, certainly I think like from, from a ladies football point of view and, and the whole equality issue around, you know, um, being treated as, as much um, as well as the, the men's GA footballers are, 
Um, I know there's a huge push on um, at the moment and, and had been over the last number of months. But, um, I, you know, I think that's only starting now and I think that that's going to have to be pushed and pushed more. Um, you know, I, I, we're always going to be fighting for, you know, equality, but I, I do think that things are getting better, but I, I, I don't think ever we can rest on our lives. There's a lot of things that can, can get better and, and need to get better. And I suppose you'd, you'd hope that one day... Um, we, we, the best way we want, we know that things have got better when we're not talking about the difference between uh, men, men and women's, women's sport, no matter what, what the sport is. So, yeah, from, from a GEA point of view, it's finally getting there. Um, you know, but the thing is, I remember having conversations, whether it's in the media or just general people, um, about this um, equality in ladies football probably 10 years ago. And it's only moved very slowly. Um, in, in that 10 years and, and I've said it um, before we cannot wait for another um, 10 years for to move that um, that slowly as well we, we need it now um, and I think as you said the achievements um, of uh, women's um, sports people um, and in 2021 you know um, with, with all the people that you mentioned Rachel Blackmore Kelly Harrington Leon McGuire we could go on and name them um, you know has been massive and, and you know I think um, obviously at times have been taken over the, the 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 men's sports people, but for me equality will be a time where we, we don't differentiate between men and women, um, whether that's um, in the back pages of the newspaper on TV. It's just normal that it, whatever it is that's been covered in the in the newspapers and um, on on the television, it's not um, you know not these historic moments that we're seeing now that the you know, live um, women's national league or live boxing on, on women's boxing on TV. It's, it just becomes the norm. Um, I still think we're probably a little bit away from that, but um, I think the things like the 2020 campaign and, and the push that's on now, I think we need to keep pushing and pushing. And the day that it just becomes norm that we do we speak um, about women's sport, like we do um, about men's sport, I suppose that's when um, everything will be um, equal. Emer Lamb, your experience as a rower and Olympian, what improvements have been made and what work still needs to be done in your view? I think as a rower, I think I kind of come from a bit of a privileged position that there isn't as big a discrepancy between women and men's rowing. And I think a lot of that comes down to probably it not being as big a spectator sport as it is with football, rugby and um, ga as well. So I think where I'm at, I think I'm just quite lucky where we are. But seeing Ireland as a whole and the whole sports front, there is yeah definitely a big step to go and a lot of room for improvement and exactly just like where I was saying you know once people stop referring to it as you know football is always associated as men's and then it's women's football whereas when it's finally a conversation when people are talking about sport and football can mean either men's or women's it isn't women's football it's just football I think that will make a big difference that's kind of I think a serious marker as to when it is they're both considered on equal merit um but there's that said like this has been a big year for women's sports it's been such a breakthrough and it's great to see that women are finally starting to get a bit more coverage so we are getting there slowly but surely but yeah there's definitely still a long way to go chloe what's your experience of this um yeah probably similar um to emer that within hockey we don't we don't have any quality um from from the men's and women's side of things but having said that um, our struggle is probably with with the other sports, um, the the inequality there, I suppose. But it, it's, I think for me, like um, you know, we had great success in twenty eighteen, and um, there certainly was some changes um, you could see happening and uh, exposure and, and you know sponsors getting on board. And I think 
you know, that's that's really the crux of it. It's the funding and the, the sponsorship that you can drive into the women's game. Um, and you can only do that through through showing it on TV or through, you know, exposure and generating interest and that kind of thing. So I think there's still a bit bit to go there. Um, the more you see it on TV, covered in the media and all that, it, it hugely helps. Um, but it shouldn't have to be, you know, somebody achieving out of the norm. It should just be a, a, a regular day-to-day thing like, like the men's game. Um, you know, you, you kind of feel sometimes with the women you have to do something extraordinary to get yeah. to get put in the the spotlight i suppose but hopefully you get to a point where you know that that coverage and that opportunity to be seen is is just equal yeah for example the world cup final everybody was a bandwagoner i was a bandwagoner that's totally fine that's there's no problem we love a bandwagon uh and it's you know it's not you can't force people to watch every sport everyone has has certain interests and that kind of thing but i think uh you know, it, it's just having having it having it out there and having the opportunity to watch it if you want to watch it, um, and showing you know even for the younger generation girls out there that there's a ton of sports and there's a lot on and there's a lot to you know to try and that kind of thing and I think it'll all help. I have uh, the stamps from the Ryder Cup from 2006 and I'm looking forward to buying these stamps. Um, I think it's an excellent initiative with Sonia Sullivan and Katie Taylor and, and Rachel Blackmore on them and the hockey team, Chloe. Uh, when you were growing up, who was your female sporting idol? Um, you know, again, there weren't that many on TV that you were watching. Um, the, the one I do remember watching is Sonia, um, certainly winning her silver. And that was the first time, I think, the only time I can remember watching a, a female Irish athlete um, on, on the TV. Um, there wasn't any women's football. There wasn't any of that. I love football. Um but there was none of that growing up. So yeah, Sonia was 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 certainly one for me. And even to this day, it's it's surreal seeing the hockey team on a stamp and and seeing one with Sonia above them. It's just uh it's an incredible, incredible thing. She had some career, didn't she, Chloe? Like it was Barcelona, the disappointment, the disappointment of Atlanta, the question marks over the Chinese athletes as well. And then finally in the Olympics when she was in her thirties to win silver and it was once again it's hard to win these medals and hard to be at the top of your sport for so long and we haven't had a history of 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 many athletes and she was really like you have to say one of our greatest ever i think so absolutely um and it's just that it's 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 the competitor um that she was and 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 just her her drive and her ambition to keep going even though she had some setbacks um and 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 you just you know you could see her um, achieve her goals and and she really set her mind to it and it was just it was inspiring like you couldn't help but but get goosebumps when you were watching her run and and compete because she was just such a competitor and putting the Irish jersey on on the world stage was um, you know something that hadn't really been done before either. Cora, was there anybody you looked uh, up to when you were growing up playing Gaelic football? Yeah, I, I suppose from a Gaelic po- football point of view, unfortunately, all my role models growing up were, were men. Um, but yeah, again, like Chloe, um, Sonia was certainly my um, female um, role model um, growing up. Um, yeah, as I said, visibility is everything. Um, and I suppose 
she was really um, the only um, woman sports person that was on TV and that we could see. Um, you know, I didn't really know any uh, ladies Gaelic footballers because it wasn't on TV. Bar the ones that I would have um, went into, um, you know, in school football and then into Mayo. So yeah, certainly for me, Sonia was and. As Chloe has um, articulated very well, it's, you know, it was her drive and um, her ambition and her story really, you know, of um, really um, getting there through a lot of adversity. And, you know, I've been lucky enough um, when I came to Australia for um, my first season over here, Sonia came to um, one of my games and that was the first time I ever met her. Um, and she came into to our dressing room afterwards and, and spoke to the whole team. and. Ever since then, I've had a connection with Sonia over here, and you know, um, she'd regular we'd regularly text each other. So, for me, um, even now, um, you know, um, all the all the years ago that I looked up to her, I still look up to her now, and to see how driven she is even now, um, you know, and she's not competing in that, but um, yeah, she's an amazing woman, and just even to talk to her and get her insight on, on a number of different things, um, you know, it's 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 mad how things turn around. You're, you're idle. Um, you know, you know, um, are, are in contact with her, and she gives you lots of nuggets of information. And yeah, she she to me was one I just always looked up to. And you know, I was never into um, athletics, and certainly long, long distance running was never going to be my forte. But yeah, I think it was visibility, and that's where I suppose things have changed now. There's so much visibility on on whether it's in TV or on or on radio, or you know, there's there's female um, you know sports people all over. The, um, you know, whether TV, um, radio newspaper we see them all the time and and like you spoke about you know being a bandwagon for, for the hockey I think we all were but you know that's because we did choice it was on TV um, and I think that's the, the biggest thing that has changed is now choice of many different women's sport whether it's hockey rugby soccer boxing whatever it might be you know that young boys and girls can now decide to watch and I think that's really important that we that continues to grow and grow and, and, and I'm sure it will What about what you say in the dressing room Cora? Uh, where we, we actually played um, that day, um, it was uh, was in Melbourne um, at the Holden Centre, and Sonia had actually ran there and, and had won um, an event um, around. There's, there's a running track uh, around the Oval, and she spoke about her first time there um, and how she remembers uh, she, she was running a race there, and she always remembers as she was running a race there was an Irish flag. And there's a couple of Irish people, obviously, that were in Melbourne um, back then and obviously came to watch her. And she, um, that day as well, brought an Irish flag to the game and, and stood there with a, with a couple of her friends. We played Collingwood. It was my actually first win for the Giants. And uh, it wasn't a great day for me. I broke my nose in that game. So, yeah, she's she seen all the action. But, yeah, she just came in and spoke about her, how that was um, basically being away from home and being so far away in Australia that, there's always a bit of Irishness here and just she just spoke about like her drive and, and determination and, and, and wanting to achieve because that Irish flag was there. So yeah, it's remarkable. She's been up in Sydney a couple of times. Her daughter's ran up here and she's came to the club and, and looked around and you know, we're based in Sydney Olympic Park. So um yeah, we I, I've met her a few times and she texts me and stuff before matches. So yeah, she's you know, as I said, I'm still I, I'm still stand there, I'm starstruck and in awe at her <laughs> and trying to act trying to act a bit normal when I'm there. But um yeah, she she's an amazing um, you know, she's an amazing lady and what she's still doing, you know, you know, she's involved in coaching and her own daughter has been really successful. So um, you know, what what she's done for females um for the last, you know, for generations now has been amazing and, and she's still inspiring us. And a visibility and awareness, Emer, as uh, Chloe and um, 
Cora have said there is so just it's just it sounds so simple but it is really key, isn't it? And like I would say that more people are interested in rowing now, given what you did last summer and what the O'Donovans have done and what uh, Fintan McCarthy's done. Yeah, absolutely. Like even growing up myself, um, there wasn't really that much visibility. Like the first women to qualify for the Olympics was Sunita for London in 2012 on the Irish team for rowing. So there weren't really that many Irish women row, mo- row models growing up. And I was lucky enough, though, that I had one under my own roof, my sister. Um, Claire, yes. Yeah. Claire, yeah, my sister Claire. So she qualified for the Olympics for Rio and was the first Irish lightweight crew to make, Irish women's lightweight crew to make a final in the Olympics. And I think that's what made a huge difference just to my career by itself, having someone under the same roof as me that I could actually see what it took to become an Olympian. Because I think it's so easy to see these people, obviously, on the TV and you're like, wow, these are incredible people, which obviously they are. And you don't see how much it took for them to get there. A lot of it, you kind of assume then that they had this like natural born ability and th- this is what they were always going to do. And there weren't any bumps along the way. But I think having then my sister there in the house with me, I could see exactly what it took to be an Olympian that, and just all the hardships and stuff that goes along with it and the resilience that you need. I think obviously now at rowing's finally coming to the forefront as an Irish sport that you can actually see in the clubs now that there's such a big uptake. Like the clubs are almost overwhelmed with girls and boys as well, starting at a really young age, trying to get involved just because coming in being like, oh, I want to be like the O'Donovans. I want to be like the girls four. You know, they want to come in and they want to see what they have their hand to what they've done. And I think that's it. Like just having that visibility, knowing that sport is there i think so many people always thought rowing was the exact same as canoeing as well so even just now people know what rowing is or what it entails it's made such a difference and really increased the participation which is incredible to see we're speaking to uh Emer lamb chloe Watkins, and cora staunton on the saturday panel and ahead of international women's day on tuesday on post have issued a buckle of stamps to commemorate the success of Irish women in sport. And right now is competition time, a fantastic prize for a chance to win a thousand euro one for all voucher with thanks to one post, as well as a 100 euro Irish women in sport stamp booklet. Just tell us who this mystery voice is. Didn't lose me uh, focus or me control. The rest is history. Who is the voice? Text your answer now in your name to 53106 at a cost of 30 cent and we'll select the lucky prize winner at the end of the show. So we're back with Off the Ball Saturday and the Saturday panel on News Talk after the news with Emer Lamb, Chloe Watkins, and Cora Staunton. Don't go away. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five o'clock. It's uh, Leicester City 1, Leeds United nil. by the way, in the Premier League with uh, Harvey Barnes on the mark at the King Power Stadium. So this week's Saturday panel is in partnership with Unpust, the Unpust Irish Women in Sports Stamps are championing Ireland's Sporting Heroes on the International Women's Day, which is Tuesday. Get your stamps at your local post office or on post.com. So on this theme of celebrating Irish women in sport, we're chatting to the Ireland uh, bronze medalist at the Olympic Games in rowing, Emer Lamb, Hockey World Cup silver medal winner Chloe Watkins, and the four-time All-Ireland champion with Mayo, 11-time All-Star and current Aussie Rules player Cora Staunton. You can listen to us on News Talk, and if you want to watch us on the digital and social channels, you can do so on Periscope. For Twitter, at Off The Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OT. TV Sports app. You can also text us any questions to the folks on 53106. You're all in teams, folks. Emer, you play with uh, 
or I would say, I suppose, more you row with a, a, a four-person team, the psychology of that must be different to an individual boat. So what have you learned in terms of being a team, in terms of the do's and don'ts? Um, I think, yeah, definitely the psychology is very different than being an individual. I think a lot, a big thing that I learned was definitely communication and the importance of that. You know, in the boat, it's so intense when you're trained, like we're rowing, it's six hours, eight hours a day, you're exhausted and you're with each other that entire time. And especially with COVID, like that was completely heightened because we couldn't be leaving our bubbles or anything like that, with the risk of bringing that back, COVID back in. So it was very intense two years there training together. And I think what really came out of that was the importance of being able to communicate. So like when you're having an off day, we were really good of kind of noticing that and saying it out loud, being like, look, sorry if I'm coming across as aggressive or grumpy or tired, I'm just not feeling it today. And I think all of us knew then when to step back or when to kind of talk someone through it. I think that was huge. And also we kind of had a thing then if anyone ever did get a bit snappy or there was a bit of a fight going on, that we always knew would leave it on the water is kind of what I would say. So anything that happened on the water would stay on the Happens water. Happens in Vegas. Literally that. Um, so then as soon as we come back off the water is forgotten about and no grudges are held, which I think is huge. Because if you hold on to anything like that, like obviously there's going to be tips and disagreements and difference, you know, difference of opinion, um, especially with sport and especially in training. And I think having that respect for each other and respecting each other's opinion. And if you have a disagreement, know when to be able to just walk away from it, shake it off and know it's not personal. I think that was a big, a big factor with their success anyway. I think setting those boundaries and ground rules is important in advance uh, before it festers out of control. Cora, you were playing now for a professional team. How does it differ from an amateur team? Yeah, it probably doesn't differ a huge amount. I suppose the biggest thing is that um, you don't have to have to work and you get to spend all your time trying to make yourself better. Um, you know, obviously when I was playing GA at home, you're, you're trying to obviously work nine to five or eight to four, whatever it might be. You're maybe trying to fit a gym session in the morning and do a, a, a pitch session in the evening. So yeah, I just found it's it's the time that you um, your days are so long, um, you know, and, and to have the energy to do that all the time, you know, you're obviously representing your county and then your club. And I'm the type of person that doesn't really like to miss any training. So yeah, it's it's the the difference here is that you have time to to recover and time to hone your craft or whatever it might be. So that's probably the difference different thing. There's no major um you know differences in how hard we train or anything. You, you train as hard as you do for GA for AFL, but it's just the time that I have to recover and, and get ready for, for, for the next match or the next training session. And um, as well as that, the resources that we have on, on hand here is, is so much different to Gaelic football. When I play Gaelic football, I know it's changing all the time, but, you know, we've, you know, everything is in, in one facility and, you know, we have, you know, everything from the strength and conditioning coaches, a number of them to physios to psychologists to, to doctors everything is just in, in in the one place and everything is on hand and you know you just go in you go into the, your facility and, and everything is there you don't have to you know be traveling to, to, to different training pitches or you know to go to different gyms and stuff so that's the biggest thing it's it's the time the recovery that you have to recover and to make yourself better and and also the resources both in facility wise and, and people on ground it's it's there if you don't get better as a, uh, as a professional sports person it's it's all there um for you to to maximize yourself and yeah i suppose that's the biggest difference 
Absolutely. And Chloe, I was listening to Emer there and conflict resolution, I'd say, is something that will come quite easily if, if you're having to be in the boat all the time. Being in a hockey team, how does that equip you for what's in, in the real world or outside uh, the sporting world? Um, I think, yeah, it's just working in teams. You, you know, you go into business and it's it's working in teams and it's working effectively, you know, in a, in a high performance environment. And, um, you know, you learn so much that's that's so transferable into that world. Um, it's it's just simply I know I know Emer touched on communication and all that, but it, it really is knowing how to do it effectively. Um, and, and being receptive to, to feedback and um, being able to to sort of critique yourself and um, self-review that kind of that kind of thing because it's you know within a team you have responsibility to do your role and um, you know if you don't do your role you're going to be dragging the team down and you have to rely on everybody doing their role so there's trust there as well that you have to you have to build with whoever you're in a team with um, because your success relies on them. Uh, you know, if, if you're dragging your heels, you're going to be dragging the rest of the team down. So it's all that kind of stuff that um, once you go into into business and, you know, in, into a high performance environment, it's it's all the same. It doesn't matter what sport or what what business it is. It's, it's all that kind of stuff. And you've had the learning since you were 18 when you made your first appearance for Ireland to making your 200th against the Netherlands in that final. Yeah, it's been it's been 12 odd years now that I um, played for Ireland. So I've certainly um, learned a lot. I, like I think back to the beginning of my career and um, to now, it, it's funny. It, it does just uh, evolve and, and you become more established and you become more confident in your role I suppose as well and and you know your your stuff a bit more which gives you possibly a bit more of a you know you feel like you can you can pipe up a bit more and 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 put your in give give your input but then I'm I'm now sort of in a junior role in work and it's back down at the bottom of the food chain and you kind of have to find yourself again it's it's kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and and uh, been sort of dealing with different adversity and challenges. And it's, it's I, I notice it now because I remember back when I started playing for Ireland, it's that kind of feeling, uh, finding your feet and all, and all, you know, your surroundings. What are you doing day to day? I'm an accountant. Oh, very good. And no, Cora, you went as well, a bit like um, Chloe there as the, the young person in the team from a 17-year-old All-Ireland winner to uh, being then... Uh, you know, a veteran in the Mayo team and now a professional. Like, what did you learn in terms of leadership techniques along the way? Yeah, um, I suppose, yeah, when, when you're younger, I, I think you, you, you put play a lot more freer and you probably don't think um, a, a lot about leadership and things like that. You just go out and enjoy and, um, you know, be yourself. There's probably not as much pressure on you. I think that probably pressure mounts as you, as you get older and, um, more is expected of you and yeah and certainly you know I suppose the biggest difference for me was you know um, when I came down down under and played AFL you know I was obviously coming off a career with Mayo that was you know quite long and you know I was in my comfort zone in some ways that you know I hadn't been in a new change room for a long time and um, you know I found that very challenging when I came to Australia you know I went from you know 
been, you know, at the top of my game at home to now being right back down at the bottom of the ladder in a new sport and, and, and a lot of people wondering who you are and why you were there. So, yeah, I, I, I found that challenge and I had to, you know, prove myself all uh, right from the start when I come over here going from, um, yeah, as I said, being at the top of my game at home now to uh, to being number 30. And, and, you know, I found I had to, the only way you can do that is, is, is prove yourself and that's done through hard work on on and off the field and you know on the field is just proving yourself through training and, and in games or whatever it might be and, and off the field it's um developing relationships with, with with the group and and getting to know them and i suppose i've done that over the years now here you know i've been they're very big on leadership here in australia and they have their leadership groups um is a huge thing in, in all the afl clubs both men and women so i suppose i've been involved in our leadership group here for for the last three years and you know, I suppose I've taken on really a, a role of mentoring our younger girls, you know, girls of, you know, 18, 19 that have moved interstate and, and moved away from home. So try and mentor them and, and you know, build them into into leaders and help them both, both on and off the field. It's not just on-field stuff or it's not just, you know, sports stuff. It's it's to help them with life off the field as well, which can, which can be challenging. So I suppose, yeah, from a leadership point of view, I've, I've learned a lot over the years. I suppose the biggest thing I, I find is that you're able to have you know, very honest and challenging conversations, whether it's it's with the coach or, or, or with your teammates. Um, but, you know, they're done in a very respectful manager or in a, in a very respectful manner and that, you know, you can have, you know, constructive feedback and, you know, and that can work both ways. So, yeah, I suppose coming over here and leadership is, is, is a lot different and, you know, I've learned a lot and, you know, I really enjoy mentoring, you know, the younger girls in our team and, and, and help them um, improve, as I said, both on and off the field and, and off field is, is as important as it is on field. Emer, when you're in the Olympic final and you're in the boat, I believe you're the race strategist. So were you the vocal person? Were you the person giving orders in that uh, pressurized situation? Yeah, yeah, I am. So, yeah, I'm sitting two seats in the back so people can hear me the best. So that's kind of how I got that position. And yeah, so when we're in the race, we kind of have set calls, to be fair, uh, before we go out. So we discuss it as a team. It's kind of pre-decided, but we know I have to kind of keep my eye out of the boat. And if another country's pushing up on us or anything like that, or I feel like we need to make that push a little bit early, then it is. It's up to me then to call it and everyone else there isn't really any time and everything has to be done completely synchronized so yeah going back to that trust they 100 have to trust me and just go with exactly what i say there's no time to discuss it um but yeah so we very appreciate strategy and yeah i'm the one who calls it and says when and where we do it so were, were there inspirational remarks that you were making in that final <laughs> that you can repeat on live radio yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just calling out random quotes and Pinterest boards and things like that. But no, you don't really have a lot of breath, to be honest. You're very head breath. So usually I try to keep it down to like one word or set phrases. And we all know exactly what that means um, instinctively enough. But I know, yeah, in the last 600 meters of the race, we were coming in fourth. And usually we sprint around 300 meters to go, which is under a minute usually. And 600 meters would be about two minutes. And I kind of knew like there was a bit of a now or never moment if we were going to pass GB and try and get into a middle position. So, yeah, I think about a lot earlier than everyone expected. I started calling for us to wind and kind of go into that final sprint. And thank God we didn't die <laughs> before the line because that would have been completely on me if we had. But it paid off in the end. Talk to us about the day because it was a strange environment with COVID that your family couldn't be there. They were 
obviously back in this side of the world, it, it was an unusual uh, winning performance because it was a winning performance because you're an Olympic uh, bronze medalist. How was it to, you know, feel that you've crossed the line and uh, it's not the normal situation? Yeah, it was it was definitely a weird one. Like crossing the line, obviously, we're so ecstatic and a bit of disbelief. I think I counted the number of boats behind me about three or four times just to make sure that we were in a medal position. Um, I think though the last two years, kind of with COVID, we were quite away from our family a lot, and we really did have to rely on each other. Not just the four of us, but even with like the men's lightweight double and the women's pair, all of us as a team, we kind of became our own tight-knit family because we couldn't be going home. There's too much risk. We couldn't be seeing other friends like it was. We were one big bubble. And because of that, we really had to like step in as that role as like a sisters basically for each other. So in a way, it wasn't the weirdest thing ever because at least we had like each other all around us. Like the men's lightweight double was there standing for us, the men's heavyweight double as well. Everyone was there. And at least we had like that kind of family feeling amongst each other. And then obviously straight away my phone was blown up from my mom <laughs> trying to talk to me straight away. So I think, yeah, then when I was talking to my mom, it was quite sad not having her there and not my dad, obviously, and my sisters as well, um, for them to be there for that moment. But they an island bridge, I think, was it when they were watching Island Bridge? Yeah, they were. There's my old club when I was junior commercial, they had a bit of a watching kind of show because I think it was like two in the morning um, that the race was on. So, yeah, they were all there with all my like old club members and old coaches and things like that. So in a way, I think they had a really nice experience as well, even though obviously I think they would have, I think they'd booked, even before I'd qualified, they'd booked like accommodation and everything in Tokyo, like pre-COVID um, until obviously they had to <laughs> try and get a refund for that. But like they went to Rio with my sister and they did have that kind of Olympic experience. So I think it was kind of nice for them to see the community side of it when they were at home. Like they had banners. My neighbors like pulled out the works really. They really did themselves. They had banners with my faces on it, my face on it, like all up and down the road. They had like people were making t-shirts, everything. And I think it was really nice for them to see that side of it. Because when they were in Rio, obviously they didn't see how much the community was behind Claire. And I think it was nice for them to have that side then to see just the backing and how like what it did to so many people in the community I think was nice Absolutely Chloe for the Hockey World Cup in 2018 was everybody over with you in London it just seemed to completely steamroll this journey uh, to the extent where the whole nation then was was transfixed by it Yeah yeah my family um, th- there was a huge amount of Irish support actually at that World Cup um, and it certainly you know, increased as the the tournament went on, um, and it felt like a, we were at home. It was just incredible. Um, and then the contrast to Tokyo, as Ima was saying, when you couldn't have anyone there, you know, it was it, it definitely has a you know an impact. And it's negatively. It, well, I suppose it's you don't have the distractions, but at the same time you know, you don't have the energy to feed off if maybe there's a lull in the game or, you know, you're feeling particularly exhausted and conditions were horrendous in in, in Tokyo. They were so grueling and, you know, going into the second half or the fourth quarter, um, you could feel it in your legs and, and everything else. And if the crowd's there shouting for you or your family or whatever it is, it does give you energy and it does it does put a pep in your step to to push on and not having that was was tough because again you had to you had to do it to each other you had to rely on each other and everybody's probably just as exhausted so 
it would have been great to have them there, but at the same time, you know, we were just grateful to be able to go. So, um, but yeah, the, the World Cup in London was was more of a party for them. I think they were uh, wrecked by the time they were heading home after the two weeks. Did it take you by surprise what happened in London? Um, sort. I mean, from a performance point of view, no. But from the external point of view, um, yes. I, I never expected, um, you know, that the country... I suppose to be watching a hockey match and fully supporting, um, getting behind them and, and stuff. So that was incredible. But um, the performance, we we always knew we had it in us, and it was a a lot of a lot of years training and, and closing the gap on those teams when we had missed out on qualification before. So um, it, it was it wasn't really a surprise to us. I suppose getting to a World Cup final that was probably. Yeah, that that part was probably a little bit of a surprise, but uh, we knew we could take some some big scalps in that tournament uh, and put it up to the best. Cora, when you look back on your twenty three year career in sport at the top level, what stands out for you? What's the thing you're 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 happiest with or most proud of? Was it the two thousand three final when you lobbed the ball into the square and Diana Hora put it in, or was it the All Stars, or was it coming back from serious injury, or is it becoming a, a professional down in Australia? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I suppose uh, you know it's very hard to probably pick out pick out a moment. I suppose it, the longevity of of a career is, pro- is probably one of the things. But I suppose for me, um, when you get older, and yeah, obviously you you know we're there to win and compete, and and you know that's that'll never go away. You want to you know every uh, no matter what sport I play, uh, you know you want to go out and win. But for me, I suppose it's it's the relationships and, and the people that you meet along the way and and, and build and you know. I've been lucky enough to be involved in, you know, probably a number of different sports in GA and, and AFL and rugby and soccer and, um, you know, the people that I've met along the way and connected with, whether that's, you know, teammates or coaches or whoever it might be, physios or medical teams, um, you know, that to me is, is the most important side of sport. And, you know, you, you, we talk about uh, memories in sport and that's what you look back at. You won't, yeah, you, you look at back of, of at the medals and what you'd won, you know, I, probably couldn't tell you where any of my All-Ireland medals are for, for club or county. So to me, yeah, it's, it's the connections that you make and, and the friends that you make. And I'm, I'm lucky enough now that I have that here in, in Australia and, and I have it at home in Ireland. You know, I've worked with some amazing coaches. I've, I've played with some amazing sports people. And, you know, even even here in, in Australia, playing playing with uh, Breed Stack, you know, she she was an enemy of mine for, 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 for years. And, you know, we not that we that we didn't like each other, but you know, we marked each other for probably over a ten year ten year ten year period and, you know, to be now um, you know, very close friends with her and her husband and, and her young child, you know, it's it's certainly the relationships that you, you build with people and the memories that you create. That's what to me what sport's all about. We're speaking to Cora Daunton, Emer Lamb and Chloe Watkins about uh, inspirational Irish sportswomen ahead of International Women's Day on Tuesday. Um, advice, because I, when I listen to all three of you uh, and, and I look at your careers, I think of composure. So whether that's shootouts, uh, Chloe in hockey, or if it's um, knowing to how to time a race in rowing, Emer, or if it's uh, you know executing a kick at Cora. Uh, Emer, when it comes to composure and uh, delivering on the big stage is it all about prep yeah i think a big part of it to be honest is routine 
I know coming up to a race, we do kind of race pieces and stuff maybe the week before, and we try to do it exactly like we would on race day, saying to kind of having our bags packed the night before, having whatever drinks we'll drink before it, have our food ready for afterwards, do our race warm up the exact way we'll do it. We'll do our race warm up about 150 times, I'd say, before we actually go to compete. So that way, when we go on the water, we're just doing something that's just mechanical then at that point, and there's not that much to think about. You're just doing exactly your routine, exactly as you've done it before. And there's something quite, I think, calming or relaxing about that, because you just sit into it and you don't have to think. Um, I think, yeah, a big part of that and a big part of that composure is just kind of backing yourself, knowing it's something you've done before. And what we always try to do is we try to either not think at all or just try to think of like maybe one technical thing that we're trying to change or trying to improve and just having like one focus to kind of keep your mind centered and not let your lose the run of yourself of kind of thinking what happens if this if this happens or what will I do now you just have one focus keep your mind kind of calm and yeah really sit into a routine would you agree Chloe you've executed big plays and big matches has it been about just being about the process for you um it it is certainly about the preparation um uh, and practice 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 and just you know really refining what you're doing or seeing what's what's maybe going wrong or that that kind of thing but then the the mental side of it certainly for penalties because you know the keeper is brought into it a bit more with them um, hockey um shootouts so you have to be thinking um so I think, you know, it, it's it's been able to block all the distractions out and just focus, focus on what what you're doing and what you have to, you know, what you want to achieve um, with the with the goalie and, and just completely ignoring anything else that's going on around you. And that's that's the hardest part about it. It's trying to keep your emotions in check when it's a highly emotional game and and there's highs and lows and, and you really want to win it more than anything so that that's definitely the hardest part it's it's just blocking out the distractions whatever's happening around the pitch um whatever's happening with the other penalties you know absolutely everything to keep your heart rate down to keep your mind completely focused on just you taking the penalty um and then when you when you kind of convince it's that it's a little bit like fake it till you make it you know it is just having the confidence being completely um completely just knowing you're going to you're going to do it and at the end of the day it's it's a penalty you can just say I've done this a thousand times in training I know I can just put this ball in the back of the net um, and it's it's really you know about just concentrating on what you're doing Cora you're in Australia speaking to us at the moment and uh, it's very sad in Australia in the last couple of days because Shane Warren has passed away and he had that genius about him but also he had uh, a lot of uh, ingenious method around how he was going to execute a a delivery and get a batsman out and I say for you as well over the years when you're kicking uh, points in Gaelic football or also in Aussie rules it's 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 just about seeing it and the the visualization I think is quite important. Yeah, it surely is. Um, yeah, it's been very tragic here, obviously, in the last uh, not even 24 hours. Um, hearing of his passing, it's massive news, obviously, here. He was a, a superstar here in Warren, so, yeah, it, it's been all over the news. But, yeah, for, for me, it's the same as, as uh, Chloe and Emer. It's it's routine, it's practice. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm taking a, a free kick in, in Crow Park or even here in, in any of the stadiums in, in Australia, if I'm t- taking a... 
a set shot. Um, it's all about routine. The more I practice, the more comfortable I am in, in, in what I do. So, yeah, the, for me, it's all about preparation. Um, yeah, you have to visualize it. But, you know, uh, what I look at is if I'm taking a free in Crow Park, it's the exact same thing as me taking a free at home in Carnicon. Um, you know, the more more I do it, the, the more at ease I am. So, yeah, it, it's all about routine and, and practice. The, you know, it's it's a cliche, but the harder you train, the, the more that, you, that, that you'll be rewarded. So, yeah, yeah it, it's certainly all about that. So, you know, um, I, I do think yeah, it, there's a mental side of it and all that. But, yeah, once you... I have all my my work done, all my training done, then I, I'm fully comfortable that things will go right. Emer, your advice you would have to young girls looking to get involved in sport or perhaps those who are unsure and maybe thinking of dropping out? I think for those looking to get involved in sport, I think the most important thing when you're younger is to try them all and try every sport you can think of, even the most random ones, because I think it's very easy when you're younger to go into like you know, your designated school sports of like basketball, hockey, and maybe they don't suit you or they're not for you. And then you have it in your head, then the sport is just not your thing or not for you. When I think there's just so much variety variety in sports that there really is something out there for everyone. If you just really take the time to try as much random, quirky sports, niche sports, anything that you can think of to kind of find your place. Um, for those thinking of quitting sport, because I know there's such a pressure especially in schools kind of needing to step back of sorry step back on sports and focus on your academics especially coming up to exams I think I definitely encourage them not to to be honest I'd tell them that like take the steps back when you need to come up to exams and things like that but if there's any way if you're only training a couple days a week or maybe just doing the odd thing on the weekend it's just so good to keep just to keep in sport, not even to get to like a high performance level or anything like that. It's just the community that sport brings you. And just to have that, that's something that you can carry your whole way through your life into your adult life. If you do have a sport or something that you enjoy. So yeah, definitely try every sport that you can and keep up any sports that you do find enjoyment in. And Chloe Watkins, any advice you'd have to a young girl, maybe listen today, who's uh, looking to be a, uh, an Olympian or a hockey World Cup uh, silver medalist or a, an all-star? Um, I think, yeah, I, I think for me, it's it's about enjoying it and, and it comes down to even at the highest level. But if you don't enjoy something and, and really have fun with it, uh, it's it's difficult to sustain. So, um, you know, as Emer said, there's so much variety out there and girls can kind of get pigeonholed quite quickly, I think, um, especially at a younger age. Oh, you're not sporty, but you know, find something. There's there's something for everybody. And again, it's that exposure piece that we talked about earlier. The more people can see of, of every single sport that's out there, you know, they'll get inspired and they might get into it. Um, and, you know, you'll find something you enjoy. And when you enjoy it, you're going to want to do it all the time. You're going to want to keep it up. And it's going to be something that you'll get a lot of benefit from. So I think that yeah. the enjoyment piece is huge. And for you, Cora, your advice? Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same as both girls have said there. Yeah, it's it's to find a sport, and that can be the most difficult thing. Um, and I suppose in Ireland, you know, in, in team sport in particular, you're always kind of drawn to the same three in rugby, soccer, and GAs. But there's so many other different sports out there. Keep trying it until you find one. And I, I suppose you know for young girls as well that 
sport isn't always have to be at a high level and, and really high competition. That's, you know, for a certain group of people. Um, it's not for everyone, but sport can be just there where you're, you know, you're playing um, down to your local, um, you know, GA pitch, soccer pitch, whatever it might be, you know, I, I, I know in, even in, in Gaelic, they have Gaelic mothers, brothers. It doesn't have to be always about competition and at a high level. So it's there, as I said from earlier, to go out and have, you know, your social groups and, and all all things like that. It, it just teaches so much. The, the, the things that you learn from sports, you really cannot learn, um, you know, at home or in school or, you know, anywhere else. Um, and that's certainly <clears throat> with the case in team sports. So, yeah, I'd encourage them, obviously, to, to find something that they enjoy and, and, and go out um, and, and among their friends. And, yeah. you know, for girls, are, you know, we, we talked about dropout, which is, which is a huge problem. I, you know, the biggest example I can, can give is that, you know, I've spoken to, to many girls that I trained over the years um, and they come back to you maybe after giving it up at that typical age of 14, 15, 16, and they'll come back involved maybe when they're, you know, in their early 20s again, wondering why they ever gave up because they love it so much and, you know, could be at a, a very low standard, but they just want to get back involved and being involved in team sport. And I think that's hugely important that, you know, um, while that age is hard, just, you know, keep going, find something to, that you really like. And as I said, it's really important that it doesn't always have to be in, at an elite um, standard. You know, it's it's not for everyone, but certainly and do it from, the, from a social point of view as well, because it's has huge benefits. Absolutely. And just before we go, we had a fantastic competition a little earlier at the beginning of the panel. We asked you to name this mystery voice. Didn't lose me uh, focus or my control. The rest is history. That was, of course, the Olympic champion boxer Kelly Harrington. And congratulations to Belinda Smith and Drada, County Louth, who answered that correctly. Belinda, you're the winner of the €1,000 one-for-all voucher with thanks to Unpust, as well as a €100 Irish Women in Sports stamp booklet. We'll get in touch with you after the show. Congratulations again. Just in terms of finishing up, Cora Staunton, what's next? Are you going to keep on playing into your 40s? Are you going to uh, retire at some stage after your incredible career with the, as in Gaelic football and Aussie rules? What's 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 next for you, Cora? Uh, that's the million dollar question they're all asking me over here. I don't, I'm not very good at giving them an answer. No, I'll, I'll certainly play out next week. Spend a couple of weeks here before I head um, head home, probably sometime um, in in April. Um, yeah, and I'm sure I'll be dragged back to club football at home in Carnacon. But uh, no, I just like to give myself some some space and, fr- and freedom to make a decision. It's very hard to make a winner in an environment over here. So. Um, yeah, that'll be probably made sometime um, in, in the next couple of months. But um, yeah, for now, it's just focus on next week and, and, and try and get a, a end the season on a high. Uh, Chloe, uh, the World Cup this year, I believe you've got the Netherlands, Germany and Chile in your group. So that's the big thing. Yeah, it's 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 a very tough group um, and it's going to take a big a big effort. But, you know, it's there's a, some young talent coming through the squad and uh, that brings energy as well so it, it, it's an exciting time um, and it's, it's a big challenge so that's what you want you want to be playing in the, the big stage against the best teams in the world so uh, you can't complain about it No no. the best luck with it um, and we'll obviously be talking about it later on in the year and for you Emer, is it just a case of Paris now building for Paris Yeah I suppose it is um, we have Europeans in August and then World Championships then in se- end of September so it's quite late this season but yeah, so that's the short term goals at the moment. And then hopefully you'll see how the road to Paris goes from there. OK, Emer Lamb, Cora Staunton, Chloe Watkins, thanks so much for giving us your time and off the ball Saturday on News Talk on the panel. 
uh, to celebrate International Women's Day in association with Unpust uh, celebrating Irish women's sports stars. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks, and chat soon. Thank you. Thanks so much. The Saturday Panel on Off the Ball.